Hello. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. Hello. 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 Hello there. had to say it. Come on. I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to Centerpoint Church, and I hope that you are blessed on the way in, and you will be on the way out. So uh, this is the first week of a new series, and if you're new with us, my name's John. I'm lead pastor here, and I'm really grateful that you came today if you're new, because it is the first week of a series that I think will be a blessing in your life. And what I want to do with this series is introduce you to a new way of living. I want to encourage each one of us in this series to say hello to peace, to say hello to joy, to say hello to freedom, and to say hello to strength. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to say hello to strength. And I don't know what comes into your mind when you hear the word strength. Like maybe you think of those guys back in the day grabbing a telephone book and ripping it apart with their bare hands. Or maybe you think of somebody down in Alabama somewhere like wrestling an alligator. I don't know. But what I'm sure of is that when you hear the word strength, you probably don't think, oh, man ramp. Yep, man ramp. That's what I think of when I think of strength. But check this out, because this guy does think exactly that. All right, that's enough. I just had to show it to you. I just had to show it to you just for the creepy glasses and stash. Like, that was really all that was about for me. But, but there's, all, what I'm, there's all kinds of strength, isn't there? And that's a kind of a strength. It's probably not the strength that any one of us came in here needing today. But we did come in here, every one of us, needing strength. And today I want to talk about strength, but I'm not talking about strength in terms of what you can do on the bench press bar or what you can do with a kettlebell or how many you know, miles you can run. And it's not really about that so much. Today, I want to talk about strength as something more visceral, more intensely needed in our lives. And in particular, I want to talk about strength like this. Let me give a working definition of what I'm praying that we could experience. What I'm praying that I can gain more of and that you can gain more of is strength in this way. Strength, the quality of being able to withstand challenges and difficulties without breaking and the capacity to exert force and make something happen. That's strength. That's the working definition I'm going with today. And for the rest of this message, as we talk about strength, I want you to have that in your mind. Strength the ability to withstand challenges and difficulties without breaking, and the capacity to exert force to make something happen. I think all of us need strength. I mean, we need strength. We need strength for the incredible opportunity that's right in front of us. We need strength to deal with the, the tough days that sometimes happen. We need strength for the parenting journey with our teenager. Come on, somebody. I just spoke your language. We need strength for what's happening in, in our marriage right now. And we're not sure 
how to get through it. We need strength for the situation with the coworker that could go really sideways, you know? We need strength right now. And I want to tell you today that beyond the shadow of a doubt, God himself is the ultimate source of strength. And there's freedom for you and I when we can discover this truth that God is the source of strength. And we don't have to fabricate it. We don't have to try to muster it up by ourselves or pretend about it. We have access to the strength God himself. And I want you to do a little spiritual warm-up with me today. And the best spiritual warm-up I know to do is to grab hold of some scriptures and just let the pump get primed with some truth. And so I'm going to put a few scriptures on the screen, and I want you to do a spiritual warm-up with me right now. I want you to open your mouth and speak these words from God's word out loud with me. So uh, start with me reading from the screen, Psalm 28, verse 8. Ready? Go. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. And then Psalm 29, 11, say it nice and strong, go. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Psalm 46, 1, say it strong, go. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Keep the warm-up going. Psalm 59, 17, say it loud. You are my strength. I sing praise to you. God, you are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. Psalm 73, say it strong, go. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Do you believe that God is the source of your strength? If so, shout amen. Come on, all right, we did a good spiritual warm-up together. And it's important to allow the truth of God's word to begin to saturate our spirit and to get in there and to say it out loud and internalize it. But I want us to understand that we have access to strength in our relationship with God. But I want to take us to a, a deeper dive today in the words of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah spoke to the nation of Israel during a time when the people of God had messed up quite a bit and were walking in disobedience and idolatry, and as a result, they ended up uh, losing the promised land and getting carried away as exiles. But God spoke through the prophet Isaiah and gave this, this picture that, that God didn't want his people to be in that exiled place forever. That God wanted for them to be able to live with a sense of hope about what what yet could be. And so in Isaiah uh, 28, uh, or sorry, Isaiah 40, verse 28, we find this promise from the prophet. I want you to hear it. It says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Actually, why don't you read verse 31 out loud from the screen with me. Ready? Go. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Say it. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. This is a prophetic promise. And a prophetic promise is prophetic because it deals with two different realities. The reality of how things are right now and the reality of how they could be. 
when the hand of God moves. And so for a lot of us right now, we might say, I'm glad I'm hearing a message on strength because that is not how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling worn out. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling exhausted. Those things might be the current reality, but a prophetic promise invites you to uh, understand that how things are right now is not how they have to stay and that there's something else that's possible. And when God comes and when God's spirit gets involved in your life, the situation can change. The situation first and foremost within you, the situation of feeling worn out and tired and weary can change and you can experience the lifting power of God. Somebody today, you came here in desperate need of the lifting power of God. And I'm telling you this promise is for you as much as it was for the ancient Israelites. That there is a lifting power of God that will strengthen you. That is available for every single one of us. But I think maybe the question we got to ask then is, how do we access that? How do we get there? If that's a prophetic promise, how do I engage in the reality that that promise points toward? And the first thing I would say to you, if you want to access this prophetic promise of the strength of God, is to say what the struggle is. I mean, let's just start right there. If you're taking notes, I want you to write it down, but you've got to say what the struggle is. Acknowledge where you need the strength of God. If you need strength, it's most likely because you're up against something. That there is a challenge in front of you for which you need the strength of God. And one of the things that is wise for us to do is to say so. Is to say what the struggle is and why we need the strength of God. For example, you say, I need strength because the struggle is what's happening in my relationship with my boss. Say it. I I say that the, the struggle is this health condition that I've been diagnosed with. That's where I need the strength of God. The struggle is this circumstance with these friends of mine that I don't quite know how to navigate. The struggle is the particular thing that's happening with my daughter. I mean, I don't know what it is for you, but say it. Say what the struggle is. Because when you say what the struggle is, what you're actually doing is you're externalizing it. And rather than it just being this heavy thing that you're carrying around inside of you and it's weighing your soul down, you're putting it outside. And so rather than it being kryptonite hanging on the inside of you, it's now a target outside of you that you can start working towards. We need to be able to externalize it, say what the struggle is. And you want some examples of this? Go to the scriptures. I mean, you find again and again examples of saying what the struggle is. Like, for example, you read through the book of Psalms, and you'll find it seems like every other psalm is, is an episode of a person saying what the struggle is. Like, for example, in Psalm 55, there's a, a great example of, of one of these kinds of moments. In Psalm 55, too, where it says, my thoughts trouble me. I'm distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me. They assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me, and fear and trembling have beset me, and horror has overwhelmed me. That sounds like a bad day, you know? But what it is, is it's an example for all of us of what is healthy, which is not keeping things bottled in where they pressurize and lead to explosions, but rather putting it out, saying what the struggle is. Because when you say what the struggle is, it becomes that target that you can start shooting at. If you want to defeat it, you've got to define it. So I wonder if maybe right now some of us could 
mentally just think about what the struggle is. What is the place where you need strength to come? And maybe if you're taking notes, you might even write down a word or two about what the struggle is. And, and if you're sitting next to someone that's a little too close and you don't want them seeing what's going on in your life, then just think it. You know, but say what the struggle is. You know, this uh, past uh, few weeks, I finally had to deal with an issue. We had a, a patio cover. It's a lattice work, you know, pat- patio cover over the back patio. And, and it felt like this thing's, you know, falling apart, getting a little decrepit and paint flaking and some wood rotting. And I thought, I got to deal with this thing. Either it's got to get repainted or it's got to get taken down. And I decided I would take it down. I got a guy to come look at it. And he said, all right, the demolition is going to cost uh, $1,600. And I'm like, $1,600? <laughs> I can do this myself. I got it. And so I got my crowbars out and some hammers, and I got the ladder out, and I'm up on the ladder, and I finally, I finally get one two-by-four off, and it took me 45 minutes. 45 minutes. I, 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 there's like 70 two-by-fours and other boards, you know, and, and I'm looking at that, and I found myself climbing down the ladder, and I'm thinking to myself, I give up. I mean, how much did that guy say it was going to cost again? He said there was financing, you know, like ready to quit, you know, board number one. And in that moment, what I did was I, I actually said out loud, I said, no, the problem is that I'm hot and I'm thirsty, and I haven't had anything to drink. And the other problem is I don't really have a plan for how to do this right. And there was something about that moment. I was totally ready to quit and give up. But as soon as I said out loud what the actual problem was, I'm hot and thirsty, you know, and I don't have a plan, suddenly I felt differently about it. I felt like, well, those seem like things I could do something about. And so I got some cold water. I sat down, I looked up at that thing, I looked at some YouTube videos. (laughs) Come on, you know me, right? (laughs) I'm like, I don't have to pull every single nail, you just take that sledgehammer and boom, 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 and off the boards go flying. It was awesome. And let, let me tell you, like eight hours later, eight hours later, that whole thing completely gone, $1,600, right in the pocket. I did it, you know, and I got the strength I needed, you know? But it came with that moment of being able to say what the struggle is. Because to defeat it, you have to define it. When you say what the struggle is, it loses some of its power. Because it's no longer just this heavy thing inside of you. It's this thing that's objectively external to you that you can work on, you can move towards, you can do something about. So say what the struggle is. But don't stop there. You also got to pray. That's where the power is. Pray, that's where the power is. I wanted to tell somebody today that it's time for you to do what the Word of God says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. It says, pray continually. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. It's the second shortest verse in the Bible. You can memorize this Bible verse, I promise you. You can do it. It says, I mean, that's it. That's the verse right there. Say it with me. Ready? All two words of it. Go. Pray continually. This is an invitation from God for you and I to be people who have an always-on connection with him. And that's what we need. The power to be flowing into every circumstance, every moment, every situation. You know, we have this, uh, this thing at my house. It's like 
do-it-yourself home repair weekend at Centerpoint, I guess. But we have this wall of, of outlets, electrical outlets in the kitchen that has this thing where it just, they, 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 they go off, you know, and all of a sudden the outlets aren't working. And, and, and I discovered pretty you know, quickly that they all connect to this one particular little outlet down here, which is a GFI outlet. And if you don't know what that is, that's the little outlet with the button on it and it trips if there's too much going on. And, and so I've learned that, okay, if the outlet's off, you come down here and you pop the button in and boom, everything's working again. It's great. And I know that. Well, this summer we were out of town and some friends stayed at our house for a little bit. And when we got home, uh, they had an extension cord coming from the other room into the kitchen to run the mixer. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I should have probably told you. I walked right over. They said, oh, we're sorry. You know, the power was all out. So we had to do this. And I came over and I just went, mm, pop. You know, everything's working again. And, you know, I, what I'm thinking is this. I'm thinking that for a lot of us, we fail to hit the, hit the button in a sense. And, and there's an opportunity for us to have an always-on flow of the power of God, but it comes through prayer. Prayer is where the power is. We've got to pray. That's where the power is. And, and for some of us, we, we're running an extension cords right now from other places, trying to make it happen on our own and do it our own bad self and make it happen on, by myself. But the, all the while, we, just, we need to hit that little button and connect again. And be people who pray, who have a conversation with our Heavenly Father, who pray continually. This is what we're invited to do, to live a different kind of a way. And I love what it says in, in Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians 6, it says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Oh, say the first part of that verse out loud with me. Ready? Go. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. I love that, all kinds of prayers, <laughs> all kinds, because there's lots of different kinds. There just are. I mean, whatever the kind is, pray it that way. Like the loud, you know, passionate kind, sure, pray that way. The very quiet, unassuming kind, sure, pray that way. The kind with big, holy-sounding words, sure, pray that way. The prayer that's just simple and desperate, God, help! You know, pray that way. Whatever it is, pray. I wonder if maybe we've overcomplicated what prayer really is. I, I hear people say to me things like, uh, I don't know how to pray. I, I can't do that. I don't, I don't know how to pray. And I'll say, well, tell me about that. What do you mean? And they'll say, well, I just don't know the right words to say. I don't know if I'm doing it right. And I'll say, oh, well, well what do you think it, you, you should do? Well, I think I should probably. And, and I say, you know what we're doing right now? We're having a conversation. And that's exactly what prayer is. Jesus framed it for us that way. He said, pray. When you, when you pray, say, Father in heaven, Dad. You know? And we can have a conversation with our God. And we can have a conversation of all different kinds. That, I mean, that's kind of what this verse is pointing to. All kinds of prayers, all kinds of ways of having a conversation with God. Like, think about it like this. Sometimes you have a conversation with a person you love that's marked by, it's bubbly, it's joyful, it's boisterous, and you're laughing together. Sometimes prayer can be like that. That's a kind of prayer. That's totally fair game. Sometimes you have a conversation with a person that, that you love, and, and you're talking to them, and, you, and you, it's, it's a conversation where you're saying, you are an amazing person, and what you've done is so awesome, and I'm so grateful for what you do for the family. I mean, you talk in such a way that you're giving them just credit for stuff, right? Prayer can sometimes be like that, too, all kinds of prayers, where you're saying, God, you're just amazing. What you've done in my life is a, 
awesome, I'm grateful, you know. Sometimes you have a conversation with a person where you're talking to them and you just say, man, I just need to let you know how hard things are right now in my life and I'm really in need of help and I'm, I'm not sure what to do. That, that's a kind of prayer too where you have a conversation with God just kind of like that. Are you tracking with me? I don't want any of us to feel like I don't know how to pray. If you know how to have a conversation, <laughs> you know how to pray. It's a conversation with your heavenly father. And it says, pray in the spirit on all occasions. Now, that is something very particular. Here's the dynamic. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The spirit of the living God. And the scriptures say that the spirit inside of you, Romans 8 talks about this in detail. The spirit inside of you is at work and sometimes praying in such a way that it's like groans that go beyond what you could even put into words. And sometimes that's a kind of prayer we need. Just like it's a conversation that we'll sometimes have. Have you ever been in a conversation with a friend? And you're, you're trying to put into words, like, what's going on and how you're feeling about it. And you're going, it's just, it's just, ah! And your friend knew exactly what you meant, didn't they? Right? Did, was it in English? Was it in French? No. But it, it, it was a sound that came out of you that had all kinds of meaning. And they, they knew it. And sometimes when we pray, there's a place for that, too. That moment when, we, when something, we utter something that just goes beyond our ability to put it into words in fact the apostle paul talks about it like this the apostle paul in first corinthians 14 4 uses the terminology of praying in tongues and says when a person is is speaking in tongues they are strengthening themselves it says a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally and and that's a kind of prayer that goes beyond words but it is incredibly important God has intended for this kind of prayer. Remember Ephesians 6, 18 said all kinds of prayers. This is one of the kinds. It is a means of engaging in the strength of God like none other. It is a, a form of direct access that allows you to be strengthened at a very visceral level of your being. And, and if I'm going to talk to you honestly about strength, man, I cannot gloss over this or skip over this. I know that there are sometimes some of us that go, oh, pray in tongues, that's that weird thing. Well, maybe you think of it that way, but it's also a biblical thing. It's a thing that God has said, ah, this is an access that I've given to you that, that allows you to receive my strength personally. Why would you skip that, you know? I feel a little bit like the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, when he said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all y'all, and I do wish that you would all pray in tongues. Like he actually said that, that's in the book. You know, so I do want that for you. I think it's an important dynamic of the all kinds of prayers that we just read about. And, and if you're here today going, I, that's intriguing. I think I want that. Then at the end of the service, come up to the front. Our prayer team will pray for you that that gift would be uh, turned on by the grace of God in your life. But be strengthened through all kinds of prayers. So, so we're going to say what the struggle is. We're going to pray. That's where the power is. But we're not done yet. You know, there's this phenomenon that has kind of crept up on us in the last few years. It's just been the last three or four years, in fact. And it's, uh, it's the sleigh phenomenon. I mean, there's this, been this thing. About four years ago is when I first saw this, like on a coffee mug or something, where it said, awaken sleigh. And I thought, oh, that's cute. That's a cute little phrase. Nice and compact. And it, it makes you think of somebody doing something awesome. But then apparently the good church people were like, Hold on, don't skip your quiet time. You missed a step. It's actually wake, pray, slay. 
you know, so church people unite, you know. And then the other people were like, yeah, 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 but we're just going to keep doing our own thing. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wake and slay, and we're going to keep on doing it. We're going to repeat. And then the church people were like, oh, repeat? We love to repeat. I mean, we love to repeat. Have you heard our songs? We really love to repeat. And then the church people came up with this one, wake, pray, slay, repeat. And you saw somebody wearing the gym, and everyone was excited about it. But then the you know, church yoga people were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You missed something. This one, too. And they gave us the wake pray sweat slay shirt you saw that one and then the wall street people caught on they're like hmm ah, i see what you did there but we're gonna do it our own way wake up stack money slay <laughs> i don't even know what to make of that <laughs> but you know what the, the the christian hipsters were like feeling left out they're like wait we we have we have we have our thing too and they gave us that which cannot be unseen <laughs> oh yeah Mm, man bun and all it's all there it's all there it's all there but the only one i personally ever needed was this one right here coffee pray it's like come on somebody coffee people unite <laughs> that was a little bit weak i don't know maybe you didn't have yours but this is uh you know that that word slay i like it because it it does you know make you picture somebody like <laughs> doing something vicious and strong, you know, like getting something done, making something happen, conquering. And, and we maybe go back to a, a phrase that we might have heard as a kid, slay the dragon, you know, and, and it makes us think of that, of, of recognizing we are up against something, but we can take it on, you know, and so I love the word. And so, so I want you to say what the struggle is. I want you to pray. That's where the power is. And I want you to slay with trust in God's promises. Slay with trust in God's promises. If you would engage full cycle in the strength of God in your life, you slay with trust in God's promises. You know, the, 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 the missing piece for some of us is this one. We do a lot of talking about how bad it is and what a struggle it is, and there's a place for that. We might even go to step two where we're, we're praying, we're saying, God, I need your help. But I think for some of us, what, what remains is to just get up and do something, like to rise up and take action and to get after it and to move forward to the degree that you can. I wonder if maybe some of us would find that the strength of God would come when we start and it's time for somebody, it's time for you to go and, and take that promised land. You know, there's this moment that's recorded in uh, Deuteronomy 1, and you know, God's people had been hanging out on a mountainside for quite some time, and, uh, and then, you know, probably talking about how tough it was going to be to go to the promised land, probably praying, too, about, oh, you know, God, help us. But then Deuteronomy 1, 6, it says this. It says, we were at Mount Sinai, and the Lord our God said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to break camp and move on. Go to the neighboring regions, the hill country of the Amorites and all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev and the coastal plain. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Look, I'm giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it. Slay 
wake and slay people. I mean, that's kind of what the essence of these words are. For it's the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all their descendants. You know, the Old Testament, the great narrative of the Old Testament is, is full of the picture of the promised land. But the promised land is something that God's people go after and take action and, and go for to get. Get up and go and occupy that promised land. So slay in trust in God's promises is what we are made for. Somebody today, I'm, I'm wanting for you to hear this word because you, you have something out, out there that you, you wish you could do, but you find yourself paralyzed and feeling powerless. And, and I want to urge you to do it, to take action. To, to do the thing that is out there in front of you to do. Because the alternative is 25 years from now to look back and say, I wish I would have. Things could have been so different if I just could have. I don't think that that needs to be our story. I think that today there can be a, a rising up of the strength of God for some of us to be able to do those things that are stirred up inside of us. To, to take a step and start and see the strength of God come. I believe for it. And, and, and then the second part of that phrase, slay with trust in God's promises, is important to me. And, and there's a revelation in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that I think we should take note of. It says this in 2 Peter 1, 3. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know him. I mean, stop right there, and, and I invite you into this, to embracing that knowing God, just knowing God, everything you need comes knowing him. And if you're here today and this whole thing is new for you, I mean, that's what we're doing together is just enjoying what it means to know God. And it's available for every single one of us. There's no asterisk that says, except for you, you're not good enough. That's been taken care of by the cross of Jesus. And so it all comes through knowing him, the one who called us to himself by the means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And verse 4 says, because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Read the next part of this verse out loud with me. Ready? Go. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. An older translation says, enable you to participate in the divine nature. This is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I mean, you stop for a second and just think about what the invitation is here. God's saying, yeah, I want you to be able to share in my nature. Because in my nature, says the Lord, there's no weakness. There's no giving up and quitting and tiring out and being exhausted. There's none of that. There's just full force and strength and ability to keep going and making it through it and persevere and there's the ability to withstand the challenges and difficulties without breaking. There's the capacity to exert the force and make something happen. It's all there in him. And God's saying, and I want you to share in my nature. I want there to be a way that you could if you would. And will you? And, and the access point to the experience of God's power is his promises. His great, precious promises. 
And, and so I want to encourage you to slay with trust in his promises. Not just to, to take action on your own, but to do it with God's promises fueling you. And, and in that, to find your own ability to participate in his divine nature. Yeah, here's some promises. When I think of the promises of God, these are a few that I, I would start the list with. Like, for example, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where it says, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Once you say that quote part out loud one time, ready, say it. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So here's how this works. I'm having one of those days where I'm feeling tired out. I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm not enough. I'm going to grab hold of this promise. I'm going to say it out loud. God, you said that your grace is sufficient for me and that your power is made perfect in my weakness. I believe it. Something happens inside. When you begin to take the truth of what God has spoken and allocate it and appropriate it into your life, you, you are changed. Something rises up inside of you. It's strength because you are now participating and sharing in the divine nature by way of the promises that God has spoken. Here's another promise. Psalm 50, verse 15. Read it out loud with me. Ready? Go. And call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you'll honor me. <laughs> you having one of those days where it just seems like a bunch of trouble busting out all over the place? What are you going to do? Just go, oh, no, this is so terrible. Or you could say, I remember. There's something in the scriptures about trouble, trouble, trouble. Where is it? God, you said I could call on you in the day of trouble and that you would deliver me. I believe you for that. You, you know, when you, when you say that, when you stake your life on the promises of God, you are living out and being a doer of the word that you read in 2 Peter 1.3. You are accessing the power of God by way of the promises of God, and you're changed by it. <laughs> Another promise, James 4.7. Read this one out loud with me. Ready? Read. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You're having one of those moments where it just seems like, the, you know, the, the dark forces of the devil seem to be, like, coming against you. One option is you could start going around going, I'm just under such an attack. I'm being so attacked. I'm being so attacked. And when you do that, you're basically giving credit to the devil. Why not instead grab hold of this promise that, God, you said that I would resist the devil, and he would flee from me. I believe it. Get away from me, you know, and believe it, and participate in the divine nature in that way through the promises of God. Somebody, this is your, your strength access point today. So Isaiah 41, 10, read this out loud with me. Ready, go, nice and strong, say it. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When you're having one of those days where you're like, I just can't, I don't know if I can keep going anymore, and I'm, I'm afraid. Okay, say that that's what the struggle is. Then begin to pray. That's where the power is. And then get ready to slay with trust in his promises and grab hold of this one and say it. I will not fear, for you are with me. I will not be dismayed. You are my God. 
you will strengthen me and help me. You will uphold me with your righteous right hand. I mean, it takes a little bit of mental gymnastics to convert the language to make it personal, but it's worth the trouble. And I hope that you would do this. Please don't let this just be some quizzical moment where you saw your pastor kind of do some mental gymnastics and change some words around. No, no, I'm doing this as an example. I want you to do this. I want you to hit your Tuesday afternoon with this. When that thing comes inside of you feeling all afraid, you go, no, no. Take a picture of this on your phone right now. Highlight it on your Bible app. Put it into a reminder for yourself for Thursday morning because maybe that's when you're going to need it. And then grab hold of that promise. Romans 8.1. Say this one out loud with me. Ready? Go. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yep, you might have made a mess. You might have stepped outside of what God wanted and done some things you shouldn't have. And you do feel, you know, you feel something about that. But, but then there's this voice saying, look at you. Look what a mess you made. You don't deserve God's mercy. That's my devil impersonation for the morning. And you say, no, 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 this is what I believe. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for me. I, I never earned his mercy to begin with. It was always a free gift, and it's still mine, despite my mess up. There's no condemnation. For somebody, this is a promise, an access point to the strength of God for your life. Philippians 4.19 for somebody today. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You know, in a moment where you're going, help, I, there's not enough. I don't think I have enough. That's one way of looking at it. Or you could begin to participate in the divine nature and enter into the promises of God and receive the strength of God into that area and say, I believe that my God will meet all my needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It changes everything. When you begin to speak the truth of the promises of God, what happens is you rewire your brain structure. The recent studies of neuroplasticity have made it utterly clear that the brain is something that is dynamic and is affected in particular by the, the thoughts that we have. And one of the dominant ways we determine the thoughts we have is the words that we say. And so we need to learn to say the things that have come from the mind of God so that our mind would be redirected to reflect his goodness, not our own frailty, his strength, and not our own weakness. That's what we're made for. I want to go back to the, the dive that we took at the beginning into Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, and say it with you one more time. It says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. Now say this out loud with me nice and strong. Go. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Say it again. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Come on, say it with me. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Shout it with me. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Come on, outside people, say it. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. I I'm telling you, for somebody today, there's new strength available for you. 
Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. You will find new strength for the business challenge that you're dealing with this week. You will find new strength for the parenting journey and the difficulty that is in this moment right now. You will find new strength for the relationship that is reaching a rocky road kind of moment. You will find new strength for being able to rise to the occasion of what your boss has laid in front of you. You will find new strength for how to navigate the financial issues you're working with. You will find new strength. Those who trust in the Lord will. Not might, not could, not maybe, will. Do you trust in the Lord? You will find new strength. You will find new strength. Those who trust in the Lord will. Oh, for, for many of you, you can clearly say, I do trust in the Lord. It all kind of started back when, and you might think of a moment where it all began, the first time you, you know, heard about Jesus and the lights came on. Now, I'm just urging you to continue with that life of trusting in the Lord. And for others of you, you might say, that, I, don't, I don't even know really what you're talking about. It's all kind of new to me. That's fine. There's a, a place for each one of us to have a moment where, where we can begin that trusting in the Lord kind of a journey. You know, Pastor Season quoted first, or, or John 3.16 earlier in the service and said, anyone, in fact, that translation said, everyone who believes in the Lord will not perish but will have everlasting life. And ultimately, trusting in the Lord starts there with a moment of saying, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe that you were good enough for me. And you died on the cross as me so that I could come to life through you. You know, it's important that there be a moment like that for every one of us where once and for all we turn to Jesus and say, I trust in you. I'm turning from my sin and all of that and I'm turning to you, Jesus. Would you forgive me and save me? And he'll do it. And then his strength will come and make you new. For somebody right now, this is the best thing you could possibly do, is to turn to Jesus and trust him. Trust in the Lord. You'll find new strength. I want you to pray with me. So let's pray together for a moment. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the power and strength that is there for each of us who trust in the Lord. And we will not believe any lie that would suggest that there isn't strength for us. That's not the truth. We don't agree with that. We, we will believe the truth of your word that we trust in you, Lord, and we will find new strength. Would you just say this with me if it would be authentic? Say, I believe I will find new strength because I trust in the Lord. Say it one more time. Say it, I believe that I will find new strength because I trust in the Lord.